Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain. So when I was in our private Facebook group this week, many of you are part of this group. This is where the free area where we do live stream Q&As and our listeners post questions for me to cover in future episodes. I saw this question that we haven't addressed yet in this show. And I happened to be at an anti-aging conference speaking and one of the other presenters, this doctor, can offer some very strong advice in this area. So I wanted to take this opportunity to bring him to you. So the question goes like this, do EMFs harm your brain? And if so, what can I do to protect myself and my family? Now, few of us can even imagine living without our electronic devices, our smartphones, our computers. But what does living in a sea of electronics do to our brains? There's evidence that suggests electromagnetic fields, EMFs for short, may be hazardous to our physical and our mental health. Now, obvious sources of EMFs include power lines, mobile phones, Wi-Fi, pretty much anything that has an electrical current flowing through a wire. One of the things, though, that sets our computers, our mobile phones separate is that we use them so close to the proximity of our brains and our bodies. So what do you do? In this episode, Dr. Joe Mercola will share strategies and tools for protecting you and your family from the possible harmful effects of EMFs. Now, many of you know Dr. Mercola is a multiple New York Times bestselling author. His website, Mercola.com, is one of the world's leading natural health websites with millions of monthly visitors. Remember, this interview is not intended as medical advice. Do your own research and talk to your healthcare practitioner. And now, Dr. Joe Mercola. So how do you optimize brain function? Joe, where do we get started? On well, that? there's so, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, but in a short time frame that we have, let me give you one of the most important strategies that many people fail to appreciate. And I know I certainly did. We all know that sleep's important. No one on the planet is going to dispute that. But what the challenge is, is that we don't realize how important it is. If you go back to 100 years ago, you find less than 2% of the population was sleeping less than six hours. Now it's like 40 to 50%. And this is another interesting statistic. If you look at accidents, it's a real tragedy. It's gonna be prevented sometime in the future when we have autonomous driving vehicles. But right now, there are tens of thousands of people every year dying from traffic accident fatalities in the United States alone and much more than that worldwide. And if you look at the causes, it's distracted driving, like texting, being on your cell phone, and you have drunk driving, obviously. But you know, if you combine those together, there's one that is enormously more responsible, and that is not enough sleep. You know, they're not sleeping enough. And we all think we're Superman. We think we can get by with six or five or four. And I'm guilty of that. I didn't get that for a long until recently. There's a great book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. He's also done an interview at Google. So you can type in Matt Walker, Why We Sleep, Google, and you'll see his video presentation at Google. So that's another way that we'll go into more details than we have in this time format. But that's a good resource to read or for more information. But what Matt doesn't go into, and I don't think he appreciates or understands it, is the deep sleep component, which as we tend to age, the amount of deep sleep decreases. Now you can go to a sleep lab, pay a lot of money and find out that you're deficient in deep sleep, but that's not very convenient or cost-effective. 
I'm into biohacking big time. I suspect you are too. Yeah, we go. So in my mind, there is no way you can be an effective biohacker unless you have the tools. And one of the, the most important tools is the Aura Ring. Not Gen 1, which is the one I've used. It's only been available. But in April of 2018, sometime, the Gen 2 comes out. And the reason I'm talking about it is because you can start to biohack your sleep if you have the objective data. Because what happens as you age, you get like 0.0 minutes of deep sleep. And why right. deep sleep is so important is where all the, the healing occurs, recovery and repair. And if you're getting zero, it's not good. So there are things that you can do to biohack that, but you have to measure it. So the Aura Ring not only measures deep sleep, REM sleep, uh, total sleep, times you're waking up, but also the heart rate variability, and it measures your body temperature too, and respiration rate. It's an amazing device, and it's just shocking. And the important thing is, unlike any other fitness tracker, except for the Apple Watch, it uses infrared sensors, so it doesn't interfere with your sleep. So a lot of the fitness travelers like Fitbit and stuff, they'll use green, which is terrible for sleep. You don't want to do that. Put green light on your body when you're sleeping. It's just abhorrent, which leads me into the other important topic that most people don't fully appreciate because of the confusion is that it's an airplane mode. You don't want to wear a fitness tracker that is continuously broadcasting some type of radio frequency into you. It's mm-hmm. on your body. The distance from your body when you're wearing it is literally, it's on your skin. It's like a millimeter or less. So you've got to be really careful with that. And most people think of the Wi-Fi, of course, they try to turn it off at night. And that's good. That's absolutely good. And turn off their cell phone. I mean, one of the largest threats to the future of our civilization is EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, mm-hmm. EMF. These EMF frequencies while you're sleeping will impair your ability to do two things. One, have enough deep sleep. Two, mm-hmm. have melatonin produced. And if you don't have those, you're not going to sleep well. And that's one of the primary reasons. So this is a really important way to do it. So... How do you lower the EMFs? Obviously, we talked about turning off the Wi-Fi, turning off your cell phone. And if you don't turn it off, you have to have it on like for security reasons. Then you put in a Faraday bag. A Faraday bag is a bag that usually has some type of silver fabric thread in there that forms a complete circuit. And you can, they're like 20 bucks on Amazon. You can put your phone in there and there's nothing that comes out. You can't, you know, it just shields it completely. Do they make like Faraday like clothing? (laughs) Well, we're actually in the process of developing that, but it's a complex topic. But I sleep in a Faraday bag. And when I'm traveling, I have a Faraday cage at home, but then there's probably even better ways. It's like a mosquito net? It's like a mosquito net for the canopy, but my Faraday tent is like a sleeping bag. Is that portable? So it's the size of maybe a big thermos. Okay, so you and I are speaking at a science medical conference, but in this hotel, there's so much Wi-Fi. It actually isn't that high, because I always bring my devices. It's relative to other hotels I've been in. It's it's moderate. But people could protect themselves even when they're traveling and they're not in The moment you walk out of your house and you can radically mitigate your house. The experts that do this is building biologists. There's only 500 in the country and they can mitigate your house. They can go do and come in, spend the whole day and tell you how to fix it. Cause I can't do it in 20 right. minutes to tell you how to do that. But one of the things you can do is to turn off the electricity to your bedroom, not just everything that's plugged into wall, mm-hmm. because there's electrical wires behind your walls that are in what's called Romex conduit. And unless you live in Chicago or New York where the trade unions were greedy and they made the commercial regulations the same as residential so they can make more money, little did they know that even though it cost them more money, that was in one of the most potently powerful biological protections they can do because they put electric wires in metal conduit. That's a Faraday cage mm-hmm. and the electricity does not come out. So if you're living in Chicago, yes. New York, consider yourself blessed from that perspective. From other perspective, maybe not so much so. But all you have to do there is just pull wires out of every outlet because the moment the wire comes out of that wall, there's electric field. Like here, what we did, this is all commercial buildings. You have the metal conduit. They have to do it for safety codes. Almost everyone I've seen, there's no electrical fields. As long as you pull all the wires out of the plugs. So your electrical fields come down. That's the thing that gets you 
with the deep sleep, it's the electric fields. The radio frequencies are, are a problem too, but it's the electric fields that are more pernicious because these building biologists, and I've talked with some of the leaders, the teachers in the field who go out every day into people's home and sick people are reacting to this, they find it's the electric fields that are the biggest problem, especially when you're sleeping. That is the most important thing to mitigate is your bedroom. It's got to be as clean as possible electrically because what people don't know is that the end of World War I, 100 years ago, okay? There's a baseline level of radiation. How much do you think that radiation has gone up since the end of World War I, 100 years later? It's gone up about 10 times, 100 times, 1,000? What do you think? 10 million times. 10 million times is a good guess. That's much higher than most people estimate, but it's off by many orders of magnitude. Wow. It's actually a quintillion, 10 with 18 zeros. So you got to figure that if our ancestors, for as long as you believe our ancestors existed, mm-hmm. were exposed to that level of radiation, and then the last 100 years, actually probably man, in the last 20 years has gone up most of that time you know, a quintillion times that there's not going to be some damage from that or some biological aberration. Right. And that's exactly what's happened and people don't get it. So, you so know. besides sleep, interfering with deep sleep, what are the other side effects of all this electromagnetic field, electricity to the brain specifically? Yeah. Let me go back to the mechanism of how the EMFs cause damage because it's generally thought that it's only a thermal interaction. By that means it's heating mm-hmm. because the first essentially dangerous EMFs. Well, we had radio and television, but the big ones came with microwaves. And the first microwaves were radar. It's a radar range, but it was a military application. So the microwaves, obviously they cook, right? They heat things. They heat charged particles inside and outside your cells. And they do it by vibrating them. The damage is done through channels within the cell membrane. They're called voltage-gated calcium channels that allow the influx of calcium outside the cell into the cell. And calcium is a very powerful biological signaling Mm -hmm. mechanism. And when you let more calcium into the cell by stimulating that with EMF frequencies in the microwave range, you cause downstream side effects where it radically increases oxidative stress in the cell that damages mitochondria. And we know that the mitochondrial function is like the premier status of how you stay healthy. So how much more sensitive are those voltage-gated calcium channels better than the cell membranes than the ions inside and outside the cell to the EMFs. What do you think the difference is? How much more sensitive are they to the EMF? 7.2 million. So that's a big number, but what does that mean? That means that the safety standards that are now established for microwave aeration, your cell phone, your Wi-Fi tower, this is basically a cell phone tower in your home when you got that thing on, it's just terrible, are only off by a factor of 7 million. So which tissues have the highest density of voltage-gated calcium channels? your brain and your heart and your reproductive organs. But it's the brain. So what is it contributing to? It's contributing to the epidemic, the tsunami of Alzheimer's that we're having. Mm. Dementia and most likely autism. So it's on both ends of the spectrum you're getting it. We are moving towards 50% of the population being born with autism. We're moving towards that. And probably the next generation, unless things change. We are moving in the next generation towards 50% of the population having Alzheimer's. So if 50% of the population is demented and 50% are autistic, how can a society exist? It'll collapse. I mean, there's just no way it can. That's why I'm calling the book EMF Extinction. That's why it's so crucial. It is absolutely crucial because your brain is the highest density of voltage-gated calcium channels. So then when, what do you do? You have it on airplane mode? Do you not use those pods that are going into your ears? It's a good question. So cell phones are a pernicious threat. I use a cell phone. In fact, I think I have one on my body, but it's in airplane mode. I can show mm-hmm. you. It's definitely in airplane mode. 
And, you know, people text me or Mm -hmm. I use a phone and I use it occasionally when I'm traveling, I'll use a cell phone, but typically it's off all the time in airplane mode. Mm -hmm. I just don't use it unless it's an emergency. And if I have to use it, I'm not holding it to my head. That's the last thing I would, I would put it as far away as possible. Like I was talking to my girlfriend last night and it was like literally 15 feet away. What you don't know, when I was mitigating my house and there was a really cool device, if you want to do home remediation, less expensively, the best device for radio frequency fields only, but it only measures microwave radiation. It doesn't measure the electric fields or the magnetic fields, would be the Acousticom 2. Acousticom 2 is an available on a very obscure website called Amazon for about $150. Okay. So I remediated my house with that and then hired two different building biologists to come and help me figure things out because I'm obsessed with this because this is my new crusade. It's a massive passion of mine to help people understand this. But anyway, the other thing that building biologists say is that most people they consult for think that the problem is coming from outside their house. Mm-hmm. It's the damn cell phone towers. It's their neighbor's Wi-Fi. And what they find invariably in over 95% of the case, it's coming from inside their house. So that's good news because it's inside your house. You can control it. Mm-hmm. So you can like not have any Wi-Fi, just hardwire your house. Yes, turn it off at night, but even better, just okay. hardwire everything. Don't use your cell phone. What can you do? You can use Google Voice. It's free. And you can basically call over the world and you're doing it in a hardwired computer. And don't make the mistake I did. I hardwired my desktop, right? Forgetting that my desktop was not in airplane mode. It's like, so I'm getting blasted by Wi-Fi. I didn't even know it, you know, until you measure it. Right. And then I thought I had everything done and it was still done. And I concluded, oh, it's my damn neighbor's Wi-Fi, right? And then I realized it was my cell phone that was just on. I wasn't talking. It was just on and it was six feet away. Mm -hmm. Then I realized unless the cell phone was 30 feet away from me, 30 feet away, it was triggering the meter. So you don't know until you look. And that's actually one of the dangers of this, Jim. And the reasons why that is such a problem is because you can't see it. You can't hear it. You can't feel it. It's invisible. And there's no way. How can that possibly hear me? Everyone's telling me it's safe. Believe me, I'm not a technophobe. I mean, I've been braced technology. I mean, I took my first computer class in 1968, computer programming. And that's why my website's so good, because I've embraced technology. But you have to balance it with being cautious of the dangers that also encompass. So I use it and I embrace it, but you've got to be careful. When we're talking about sleep and deep sleep and REM sleep, what about grounding pads? Is that legit? It is absolutely legit, but it's a very complex answer that. And most people won't tell you this. And Clint Ober is a good friend of mine. I've known him for 10, 15 years. And I believed it, but now I'm convinced that most people grounding is dangerous. Grounding is attaching your body to the surface of the earth in some way, shape, or form, either directly or indirectly through pads that are connected to grounded wires. So when you do that, you're getting electrons, which is a very potent antioxidant, and you're balancing your system. That's we were designed to do that. You know, it's following ancestral principles mm-hmm. that your body is designed to do. So we were designed to be in contact with Earth regularly. The problem is that new we referenced earlier, we've went up a quintillion times in the last 15 years. Well, but probably last 15, but certainly last hundred. So as a result of that, when you're grounding, you're connected to the earth and you're essentially being an antenna for EMF. So you actually increase it. Yeah. Increase the EMF in your body when you ground. Interesting. Yeah. So if you can ground in an electrically neutral free environment, then it's the best thing around. Nothing beats it. Then you're like nirvana. So that's But like, that is really, really hard to do. And it goes beyond the scope of this limited right. time that we have. But it's actually one of my passions. I've just got some new meters from Austria to try to... But that doesn't matter. What matters is the way it affects your body. So if you measure body voltage in your mm-hmm. body, then you know it's how it's impacted, especially at the different frequencies. So that's right. a more accurate, more precise way to do it. So... 
very simply for individuals, can they just go outside in the morning and go out barefoot and touch the ground? Well, it's first probably benefit to that. But if you're in a large urban area that is surrounded by Wi-Fi and cell phone towers, there's going to be, you know, not the best thing. Because when you create electrically free in home that you mm-hmm. can do it, get your acoustic comp too, and you get it down to one green dot, which is a safe biological mm-hmm. level, you know, and then you go outside and it's like literally a thousand, 10,000, a million times more radiation than your home. Yeah. But, you know, if you're sleeping in good stuff, that's fine. But so I stopped grounding until I absolutely neutralized my environment. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's a bit complex. I mean, if you're in some of these like New York or Chicago, it's a little easier, but then you still have to mitigate against the radio frequency fields. So the bottom line is most of it, where we spend most of our time, which is in our home, it's like those horror movies where you get that phone call. Yeah. You know, the person's in their living room, they get a phone call and it's coming from the house and that's where the threat is. Yeah. It's like invisible and stuff. So the three things that you would recommend our listeners do to lower and mitigate the damage from EMFs. Turn off your Wi-Fi. Turn off your Wi-Fi. Um, hardwire your system. And keep your cell phone in airplane mode as much as possible. Never put it not in airplane mode on your body. Mm. Don't carry it there. Like women in there. That's how they get breast cancer. The inner, upper inner quadrant and the breast was really carrying their bra and get breast cancer there. So it's crazy. And one other little trick for the melatonin mm-hmm. is that you can take 5-hydroxytryptophan, 100 milligrams, and that will turn into serotonin that actually crosses the blood-brain barrier. Because most of the serotonin in your body is produced in the gut, but that doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. You want it in your brain. And serotonin, as you probably know, is the immediate precursor of melatonin. All right. And then when do they take that? Take about 20 minutes before you go to sleep. Fantastic. Yeah. So how do people find out more about you? Oh, uh, it's my last name, Mercola.com, M-E-R-C-O-L-A. We've got a daily newsletter. And the only problem is it, it's free. We hate that. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks All a lot, right. Joe. Appreciate right. it. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. 
I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our Quick Success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your limitless book club where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour uh, share, going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.